Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the First Thing You Think Of podcast. I'm Olivia, the founder of La Casa de los Languages magazine, a bi-monthly magazine about languages and cultures. And I'm Ellie, the founder of the travel brand One Globe 360. So today we're starting a new series and we're going to be talking about something a little different. We're not going to be looking at a country specifically, rather we're going to be looking at a religion. And you kind of spoke about this before and what this would kind of entail. Um, and today we're just looking at it, the religion holistically. So like we did with China, we're going to be doing a little quiz at the end as well. So moving on to some questions, I guess, to, to start with, how much would you say you know about Judaism? Um, I probably know more than most people just because I studied it at GCC when I did RE. So I did Christianity and then we did a separate exam on Judaism. And surprisingly, almost everyone in my class did better on Judaism than Christianity. Like I had a friend who actually failed Christianity but passed Judaism, which I guess like in the UK is a bit it's a bit bizarre considering that you know we are taught Christianity from a young age because you know it's it's the main religion in the UK. But everyone found it really interesting, and I think part of that is because it's a it's a different religion that we're learning about from like the normal Christianity that we learn about, and. I do. I love the religion. I guess, um, you know, I don't personally. I don't have a religion, um, but I love learning about religions. Um. So, what is Judaism? I'll I'll uh, start with an introduction. So, Judaism is a monotheistic religion, meaning that they only worship one God. It originated around four thousand years ago amongst the ancient Hebrew population. It is defined by its core belief that there is just one transcendent God who forged a covenant, also known as a special agreement with them. God communicated with his people through the Hebrew prophets. Although most Jews believe that their Messiah hasn't yet arrived, they believe that one day they will. Their holy places are called synagogues and their spiritual leaders are rabbis, while the Star of David is the symbol of Judaism. Today, there are around 14 million Jews in the world. An interesting aspect of the faith is that it can only be passed on through the mother. Was there anything there that I just talked about or that you know already that surprised you sort of in the past when you learned it or, yeah, just things that, for example, I just read that you didn't know? Um, I don't think there's anything specifically that, like, I didn't know. But things, more specific things, the fact that, like, it originated 4,000 years ago. Obviously, I know it didn't originate yesterday, but, you know, I wouldn't have been able to tell you an exact kind of, you know, timeline, like exactly that it was 4,000 years ago. And, yeah, I, it is, it's, it's older than Christianity, I think, isn't it? Because I think that's one of the things I know is, it's easy to get that mixed up. Um, with kind of like Judaism and Christianity because I know one thing that confuses me is that Jesus was Jewish yet he was the founder of Christianity um, and that that confuses me sometimes uh, I think it confuses a lot of people and that is something that we will be looking at in um, a separate episode why that is and some of the differences between the two religions but yeah uh, was there was there anything that you know you didn't know here um 
Again, I think I didn't know that it originated around 4,000 years ago. I mean, I don't know what I would have guessed it would be, but to me, that sounds obviously a very, very, very long time ago. Maybe that's just my naivety in terms of just knowing about religion in general. Um, but I wouldn't say anything particularly surprised me. It was more stuff I potentially didn't know. Um, I guess in terms of specific facts. So I knew there were many millions of Jews in the world, but I didn't know there were around 14 million. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's very interesting to just to find out more. It sort of provides that basic layer of knowledge, doesn't it? And then I guess throughout the episode, we're going to be going a little bit deeper in terms of, um, yeah, more topical issues and uh, more of the history and um, obviously how it's involved in, in politics. And we'll talk about, you know, the Labour Party and anti-Semitism. So, um, yeah, nothing particularly surprised me. I think it's just built on what I sort of knew already, um, which is good. It's good to expand my knowledge um, on something that I'm not, I'm not too sort of, um, you know, aware of at the moment. Um, and, and how often would you say there are problems surrounding it in the media in terms of like, when you think of Judaism and you think of anti-Semitism, which we'll go on to, how often do you think it comes up in the media? Um, well, we've seen it a lot, as you said, within the Labour Party. And again, for me, I think there's obviously people out there who know you know exactly what happened with that. But for me, that was that's another example of something that I feel like I know about, but I actually know little about it. It's just because I've heard about it, but before researching this, I never knew exactly what happened. Um, but I'm thinking when comparing anti-Semitism that we see in the media to kind of like other religious things that we see in it, you know, things unfortunately with uh, or linked to, um, you know, Muslims, I feel like we see that a lot more. But obviously anti-Semitism is a big thing. And personally for me, there's been a few times when I've been on Twitter and I've seen um, that some anti-Semitic hate crimes have happened and I haven't seen those hate crimes in the media. I've only seen them through someone raising awareness on Twitter. Mm -hmm. So I don't know maybe if there's a reason why that is because these things obviously happen and it wasn't until um, someone wrote in the magazine um, last year about anti-Semitism in France um, and kind of how the Yellow Vests, um, obviously not uh, an organisation based on anti-Semitism, but unfortunately, you know, with movements like that, you do kind of get like opportunists um, who use that then as a opportunity, of course, um, to kind of spread that kind, those kind of messages. And there have been quite a few anti-Semitic hate crimes taking place through that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I didn't know that. I think there were some things in the media, but um, again, when it comes to discussing what we see in the media, it depends on a lot of factors, you know, how much you watch, what you read exactly. Um, mm -hmm. But in general, you know, if it's on mainstream news, you're going to know. Um, and generally, I see a lot more kind of things about Muslims. And again, I've never thought about it, but do you think that might be because it fits into more of a narrative? Because obviously that is something that, you know, a lot of people know about now surrounding kind of the Islamic faith and, you know, a lot of people are aware of. Um, and I feel like a lot of people are going to be 
it sounds awful but kind of more interested in that now mm-hmm. I mean not just I guess here we're talking about you know hate crimes against um you know Jewish people and I guess we do hear about hate crimes against Muslim people I don't think we hear it on it like you know the same level as like the hate crimes against them uh, to what they say um you know are um, kind of hate crimes carried out by Muslim people themselves but of course are extremist groups I feel like we hear a lot more about the extremist groups and we do hear about the hate crimes against you know normal Muslim people mm. um but I do think there's a disparity between um, how much both religions are kind of uh, spoken about in the media. And as I said, you know, do you think that fits into some kind of narrative and which one is the best one to portray? Because, you know, both things are very real. I think just to start, I think going back to your point, there, there's there's definitely a, a separation between social media and um, and the news, for example. And in terms of what is displayed on those two platforms in terms of the, the issues around anti-Semitism and hate crimes and things like that. And I, this doesn't just apply to Judaism, like you were saying, it applies to, I'd say, lots of different religions. Um, and I think what you might see on social media, for example, are like personal situations in which someone has been on the receiving end of like hate crime or anti-Semitism. Whereas in the media, it's more generalised, if that makes sense. So it's like, yeah. oh, it's talking about the Labour Party in general and the issues with anti-Semitism rather than people's personal specific examples. So that's why I think the crossover between the two provides that, I think, awareness for the general public. Any, any member of the general public who is fairly active on social media and also watches the news should be aware, I think, of the problems surrounding it if that makes sense. And I think like you mentioned Twitter, I, I too have seen on Twitter um, people posting about being on the receiving end of, of hate crimes, of, of anti-Semitism, of racism. Like this is, I guess, more of a, you know, there's, there's more, um, there's many issues associated with like hate crimes and discrimination. And I think Twitter out of all the social media platforms is the one that shows up the most, if that makes sense, in terms of I've seen people tweet and people discuss it. Um, the thing is with the, with the news and like the media is I think they only pick out certain bits of it. Like I said, they take topics of it. So they take anti-Semitism in the Labour Party and they just discuss it like that rather than discussing people's personal stories, if that makes sense. So I think having the balance between the two provides that overall awareness on the issue if that makes sense. I hope I've tried to explain that right, but I think there definitely is like a disparity between social media and and mainstream media as in like the news and in how they discuss the the problems surrounding it and the, the issues that have arisen, especially in the last five, 10 years, I think. I mean, obviously I've only become more politically aware, culturally aware in the last five or 10 years, you know, from the age of like, you know, 10 to 20. But I definitely say I'm more aware of it now than I was when I was younger. How would you, what would you say about that? Because, you know, there, there may this be this idea of just a general lack of knowledge surrounding Judaism and, and anti-Semitism. Would you say you know more now than you did, like, when you were younger? Do you think that's common? Yeah, of course, because, you know, when I was 
eight, for example, I I probably didn't really sit down and watch the news. Maybe um, you know, some some of the morning news when I was getting ready to go to school or something. But you know, of course, and you you don't really understand much about the world in that at that age. And I can't think mm-hmm. of a, an explanation why, other than you're just young. And you know, I think it sounds awful, but I think even if something like this came up on the news, you probably wouldn't take much notice of it if you were like eight, just sitting in your living room, because mm-hmm. I, I don't think you're mentally able to, you know, take in things like that. Like especially when it's comes to politics, because I find that confusing right now, you know. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, especially if it's something maybe bad that's happened that's to someone maybe lots of people have died it's when you're younger it's really hard to understand and really hard to take in so of course I think you know in terms of talking about anti-semitism and stuff like that um I think yeah you only open your eyes when when you're older and I think that's a natural thing Mm -hmm. with age um in terms of Judaism I think in terms of talking now about a country where Christianity or a branch of Christianity is the main religion, it's not until you're older that you're really going to learn more about other religions. And what I find through like having spoken to people um, and, you know, being in a, an RE class is that most people, I don't want to say hate Christianity because that's a very big thing and I don't mean it that way, but when it comes to learning about religions in school that they just get to like you know you get to secondary school and like can we do another religion because we've just learned Mm -hmm. christianity throughout Mm -hmm. like the whole education system yeah so it's it's kind of like it is until you're older that you start to learn about other religions and i think that is um quite a big problem because i think you know you you listen to, to other people around you who may have you know kind of miss have you know stereotypes misunderstandings about these other religions and then you, you're waiting until you're about 14 15 until you started jccs and maybe doing another religion and you know at that time you've already started to form your views you probably already know whether you're religious or not um and i'm thinking here in the uk i can think of some travel youtubers that i know of um you know that have converted to to islam and i know some people who um have converted to judaism there was a boy in my class who um through learning about judaism in school he converted to judaism i don't think he's like officially converted but he considers himself to be jewish and i think he might convert like officially um when he's slightly older but I don't know. I've never again. I've never thought about this, but like, do you think that if these people were exposed to these religions when they were slightly younger, had this knowledge of them, maybe they would convert later in life because maybe they would have already kind of like chosen this religion if they had kind of the means to when they were younger. Yeah, I think one other thing I want to, to touch on before I answer that question is I think generally learning about religion younger makes people more accepting when they get older if that makes sense I think there'd be more of an acceptance and there'd be less hate with regards to the word of religion if people gained more of an understanding at a younger age because I think when people are more understanding they're more accepting 
And the more educated they are, the more they know, the more they are aware of. Do you know what I mean? I feel like that in general would make people more, yeah, accepting of all religions around the world, not just the one that they might follow themselves. Um, and I think, you know, to answer your question, I think if, if the younger people are when they're aware of religions, I think it distincts back to what I said in terms of they know more. So when they're older, then they, they can then make maybe a more informed decision about what, if they'd like to follow a religion or if they'd like to convert to a different religion because they've grown up with so much of, of an education around what these religions entail. But obviously education and religion links crosses over of course but let's not forget the role of the family like if your family follow a certain religion yeah. it's very likely you will follow that one too I think I think I'm correct in saying that obviously yeah. I don't follow, I don't follow a religion so I don't know for sure but I think it's most likely that if the people around you your environment follow a particular religion it's more likely that you will follow that religion so I think education can play a certain role in terms of educating you on what the religions entail and whether you may want to be a part of that. But I think mainly it's the environment you're in and how you're brought up really is will determine what religion, you know, you may follow. But I know people later in life, not personally, but I know what, you know, there, there are people that convert to different religions depending on who they may marry, for example, or who they're surrounded by. I think it goes back to the idea of their environment who, what environment you're in, who are you surrounded by, um, that has a big influence, I think, on your life in general, but also on, on how much of a role religion plays within your life, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. I can relate to that because, well, I was brought up in a family that didn't have a religion. And I remember when I was, um, I was younger, about year five, I was like, you know, I had this feel of, well, I'm not religious. I don't want to learn about religion. I shouldn't have to learn about religion in school. And um, I was quite well known for it. But when I got to secondary school and, um, you know, I started kind of learning about other religions, I found out that I really liked it. And I went on to to do an A-level in it. And obviously now seeing you doing doing this this podcast, doing this podcast episode, you know, I'm not like that at all. Um, and that is because, well you know like I've learned about religions and you know I kind of learned about it from myself you know I live with my grandparents who are obviously an older generation and I guess sometimes they're known for being a little bit kind of I can't think of the word but kind of like um I guess not so open to like other like countries and like things like that like they have a lot of stereotypes like, I feel like the older generations, they don't tend to hold back so much. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll say kind of, like, controversial things that maybe we wouldn't say now, but they don't, they obviously, they don't mean them in, like, uh, that way, but it, it was, like, maybe fine to say when they were maybe our age and they just don't realise now. So, kind of being brought up in that environment, I guess it's not until, you know, as you said, uh, that thing about getting older it's not until you get older then that you can kind of figure it out for yourself mm-hmm. and that, that I guess that has been you know the thing for me not just with religions but with the whole you know countries and stereotypes and everything like that mm-hmm. um, definitely the thing with 
religion though and I kind of look back at what I thought and it was like I, I you know didn't want to study religion in school at all and then I was there doing an A level and there was a time I was going to do it at university as well so again definitely you know the kind of who you are surrounded by plays a massive role um mm-hmm. that is of course until you get to that age where you know you have that choice and you can educate yourself and that is just the you know the thing with absolutely everything in life isn't it like education can really change perspective about absolutely everything mm-hmm. yeah definitely I think it becomes a point where your environment can influence you but also as if you get to an age you know when you're older but you, you, you put yourself in a position where you start to make your own decisions yes they can still be influenced by people around you or your environment but I think even just like you said making a choice to study relig- religious education that in itself is is a big decision you know for an A-level or for GCSE you know so I think there is a choice isn't it in terms of how much we educate ourselves about you know religious education and I look back and I kind of wish I did it for GCSE because I was really interested at the time. Um, but obviously you only have so many options and you have to pick, you know, various other, um, you know, subjects. And, um, but I do look back and wish I'd learned, you know, more about it because yeah, I think it would have, it would have benefited me not even just to be more aware about religion, but just my general knowledge and just the knowledge of life and what people are following and doing and everything. So um yeah if I could go back I would definitely study it um at GCSE but what I thought we'd go on to now is talking about anti-semitism um and I'll I'll start by saying what is anti-semitism and then we'll move on to you know anti-semitism in America anti-semitism in the Labour Party here in the UK and then also anti-semitism in France so I'll start off by giving an introduction so in 2018 anti-semitic hate incidents in the UK reached a record high according to the Community Security Trust which monitors them. In 2016 the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance IHRA defined anti-semitism as a certain perception of Jews which may be expressed as hatred towards Jews. The UK and many other IHRA members have endorsed and used this definition along with other contemporary examples of anti-Semitism playing out in modern life. So the first question I wanted to ask is, do you think anti-Semitism is a big problem in today's society? I'm going to be honest, and I think that, um, I think it's a bigger problem than what we're aware of. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying this now, having, you know, researched it, having through learning about Judaism, being aware of it anyway, but even being aware of it and the some of the things that I have seen anyway, I still think that that's only a small amount of things that we know about. And I find it, I don't know if this is the right wording, but I find it weird to think of anti-Semitism because in my mind, I'm like, why would you kind of carry out any hate crimes towards Jewish people? It just seems like I, I can't really see the motive like mm-hmm. with unfortunately with Muslims I can see the misunderstanding and I can see where that comes from and that is obviously just education looking at you know the difference between extremists and you know the the other people who follow Islam and kind of seeing the difference between those and solving that misunderstanding but for me when I look at Judaism I I just kind of think where's the misunderstanding where's it gone wrong do you understand where I'm I'm coming from with that yeah no I I do I think I think any discrimination and, you know, hate against, you know, 
lots of things things in in society is a, a big problem and I think you know you only have to look at you know the news and I think recently there was the conflict between Israel and was it Palestine this is me showing yeah education but there was a big conflict recently um and even then on social media it fueled um you know hate crime towards Jewish people you know in the UK and it fueled anti-semitism so I think it's a really big problem I think even just in general, discrimination in society, especially in the UK, is a big problem nowadays. And I think things are being done to combat it, but I don't think enough is being done. And I, I think that's linking back to what you said. I think people aren't really aware of the severity of the issue. Um, and obviously, like, I'm probably not even aware of the severity of the issue because, like I've said before, like, I don't follow a religion and my life doesn't particularly involve religion in any way. But what I can say is from what I've seen in social media and on the news, like it is a big problem, but I think it's an even bigger problem that then it's being broadcasted, if that makes sense. So I think there's a lot more that needs to be done to, to combat it. And, um, you know, any discrimination is, is really awful. And, um, you know, I think especially over the last maybe year, couple of years, I've really understood more about anti-Semitism. And I think, that's because of just my awareness of politics and obviously the Labour Party, which obviously I know we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but I do think it's it's a big problem. Um, and in terms of the definition that I read out of anti-Semitism, what do you think about that definition? Does it align with what you think anti-Semitism is? Yeah, I think anti-Semitism is so easy to define, really. I mean, I don't know if that's just me being naive, but I would just say, you know, it's it's hate towards Jews, you know, hate that is, you know, not like that was not caused by anything that is purely just fueled by, you know, misunderstandings and just hatred towards the religion. Obviously, it's it's just fueled by the religion for no reason other than just kind of like it's like when how we think of of racism but obviously with a religion so I feel like of course that definition you know I I would say I would endorse that I would say that aligns with what I think because I just feel like you know (laughs) you can word it so many ways but as long as you say that it is hatred towards Jews because of and fueled by that solely their faith mm-hmm. you know it's, it's going to encompass it like I yeah. it's it's quite straightforward really mm-hmm. it's yeah it's 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 discrimination against someone because of their faith and in this case um you know anti-semitism relates to the the religion of, of Judaism so it's yeah it's discrimination um hate a hate you know a hatred as it says in the definition towards Jewish people because of the religion they follow um so yeah I'd say the definition I understand it fully I think it's clear I think yes you could add to the definition to be more specific but I feel like as a general definition to sort of portray the meaning of anti-semitism I think it does do that um and then again I guess the final question before we go on to anti-semitism in America have you yourself personally witnessed any anti-Semitism yourself? Um, the answer to that is, honestly, I don't know. And 
going back to um, the boy that I said in my RE class through learning about it in, in school, he just he realized that he agreed um, a lot with kind of this, the principles of, of Judaism. And also then thinking about people's reactions to it. I don't know if they were just kind of taking the mech out of him because, you know, just generally what happened and not specifically because it was due to some um but kind of they were kind of take, making fun of him and making jokes about the fact that he was Jewish as I said again I don't know if it was just because it was a general thing of you know you learn it like I guess it's something that you just don't think is going to happen really in a in a GCC class that you learn about religion and then you you convert to it mm-hmm. it's not something the teacher expected it's not something I guess the students had thought about either so as I say I don't know if it's it's just that and it's just you know young people you know just being like that you know you know what some people are like in school mm-hmm. but yeah. um you know there were as I said you know some jokes made about Judaism and maybe that just goes you know back to like I'm thinking of like obviously stuff like systemic racism and like uncon like I don't know if it's the right word but kind of like unconscious racism I again I don't know if that's the right word but kind of like mm-hmm. doing things like that and not realizing that's what we're doing yeah. I don't know if it could have been counted as that you know they were saying these things but you know they they didn't realize kind of the history behind it um how far that goes back and kind of like why saying those things is not kind of appropriate um you know I think that that stuff like that plays a big role when we're doing those things unconsciously and aware of the history and aware of really what what it means to be saying things like that um Mm -hmm. because we will be doing an episode on the origins of anti-semitism so I hope that you know when we do that that will really kind of open our eyes to you know how far it dates back and how aware of it we should be again I do think that maybe in some ways we have all kind of seen unconscious kind of anti-Semitism yeah I think I think I think in life I think most people have seen a lot of unconscious discrimination maybe you're not aware of what someone has said that is is either racist or you know anti-Semitic I think I think there's there's definitely an issue of naivety amongst a lot of people myself included I'm sure in terms of just not knowing about you know how hurtful things could be to someone like obviously I have never said anything myself I'm thinking if if I've heard someone say something um but I think just in general in the general population there's a general naivety towards I think anti-semitism because I don't think it's I don't think it's it's, it's explained enough yeah. in terms of what the harm it causes what people say the origins of like what they could be saying and what it could mean and I think there's not enough education behind anti-semitism and yeah like I said like what people are saying to Jewish people which is really hurtful um so I've never personally witnessed any anti-semitism but I think there's a general naivety within the population especially in the UK towards I think discrimination I think people might say things as jokes or lighthearted or banter as they they call it but I think we as a as a society should be a lot more aware of of what people are saying and also call people out I don't think people call each other out enough in terms of like 
hey, like what you said there, like that's not, that's not appropriate. Or I see some things on social media of, there seems to be a few issues at times on like the tube in London or trains or like public transport um, where people have said something. And you do see people call people out at times and those videos kind of go viral on the internet, but I don't think it happens enough. Um, so I think there's definitely a lot more education, especially with regards to anti-Semitism in terms of, you know, what people are saying, why it's hurtful, why it's harmful. Um, and then I think if we are all aware, I think we'd all do more as a society to stop anti-Semitism and to, to call people out if people are um, making comments, you know, hate comments. Um, but should we move on to, to America and talking about anti-Semitism in America? So do you want to take us through that? And then I can talk about the, the Labour Party after. Yeah, so according to the New York police, there have been 80 anti-Semitic hate crimes reported this year um, compared to 62 over the same period last year. So this has led to there being more patrols in Jewish communities, in particular where the Orthodox Jewish uh, community reside, as they are at higher risk of attack due to the clothes they wear, um, which makes them easier to be identified as Jewish and consequently more likely to be victim of an attack. So the Anti-Defamation League, um, who tracks any violence aimed at the Jewish community, have reported a 75% rise in anti-Semitism since the start of the Israeli-Palestinian tensions. In the fortnight before the fighting, there were 127 incidents reported, compared to 220 in the two weeks following the start of the violence. And that is something that you picked up on there, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. kind of before uh, about this um, well obviously what's going on in, in Israel and Palestine and um, you know how that has kind of inflamed anti-Semitism again mm-hmm. um, and I guess I don't know um, that's I feel like that's something that should I should have expected I don't know why yeah. it doesn't surprise me but um, you know you know, when you kind of obviously see these these figures in front of you, it, it you know, it is not again not surprising, but it just opens your eyes. And again, like obviously, I would have expected it, but as I said, you know, seeing those figures, it it puts it into perspective, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And it it shows yeah. really how fragile situations like this are. And again, mm-hmm. I feel like it's one that we can relate to more and kind of make sense of a bit more is is racism you know and if you think it in in that sense you know when something kind of goes wrong or 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 something like that or something happens it's really easy for you know kind of like a racist remark to be thrown in and for that to then be inflamed and I guess that's the same thing here that we see with with anti-semitism is that one thing can happen and then all of a sudden you've got anti-semitic remarks being put in and the whole thing kind of blowing up Mm -hmm. yeah I think you know just going back to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and tensions I follow someone who is in in the travel industry here in the UK and he's a Jewish person and he documented the rise of anti-Semitism in London during the Israeli-Palestinian tensions, because I know there were quite a lot of protests in the streets and um, there was definitely a rise in, in like, you know, violence and, and hate crimes towards Jewish people. And I wouldn't have known about that if I hadn't followed him on Instagram. So I think it just shows the role that social media has 
to sort of educate, if that makes sense. So I'm, I'm sort of going off, off track a little bit, but I wanted to add that in because I think it's really important that, you know, who we follow on social media is really important in sort of our influencing our views and influencing what we know about the society and the world and everything, whether that be religion or politics or whatever it may be. Um, so I think that's really important just to note that we have a responsibility to follow people who we believe well, educators, I think, not only just educators, obviously we follow people on social media for entertainment or because we like their their fashion or we like their music, whatever it may be. But I think we also do have a responsibility to use social media to educate ourselves. And I think that's a prime example, isn't it? Where I was aware of the anti-Semitism towards Jew Jewish people as a result of the Israeli-Palestinian tensions because of his social media. Um, so what about you? Like, have you seen anything on social media? talking specifically about the Israeli-Palestinian tensions, did you see anything at the time? Well, I don't know if I heard about specifically about anti-Semitic hate crimes being carried out, um, but there was, um, you know, a lot of very, very strong opinions. You know, I think I hardly found anyone who was in between on the situation. that are either very strong on the Palestinian side or very strong on the Israeli side. and. I didn't really know much about kind of what was going on um, and I was trying to to find out and on social media all I could see was as I said either someone completely on one side or completely on the other side so mm -hmm. for me it was really difficult to kind of like educate myself on it because I couldn't find the exact information anywhere so for me um I didn't really see kind of specific things about hate crimes, but I did see very, very strong opinions, rightly or wrongly. I'm not saying that is wrong, but, you know, um, I, I can see from that how the situation can get inflamed very quickly. Um, you know, I think I saw some instances of people where they didn't really know what was going on and that kind of inflamed it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, a very delicate situation. Yeah. and. Uh, again, we are, we'll be doing an episode on this. And I, I don't know, it's, it's, I've got to be honest, it's not something that I'm really looking forward to talking about just because, you know, as I said, it's such a delicate situation. And like, you know, obviously you don't want to say something that's wrong, but then it's like, you know, then if we weren't going to say anything that might not be controversial, then we wouldn't be talking about it at all. But as I said, yeah, just a very... It's a delicate situation and like I can see how things can get inflamed really really quickly yeah I'll go on now to talk about anti-semitism in the Labour Party because I feel like this might be something we're more aware of more than obviously the situation in America we've talked it through but obviously we don't live in America so I think maybe the situation in the Labour Party we might be able to um, maybe recognize that we've we've heard about things um, we've heard about it before potentially um, so Anti-Semitism was not really thought of as a worrying problem within the Labour Party before Jeremy Corbyn was elected as leader in September 2015. Unlike the former Labour leaders who were more neutral in voicing their views of the Israeli-Palestinian situation, Corbyn and his allies on the left had spent many years campaigning for Palestinian statehood. His appointment as a new leader of the Labour Party encouraged many new members, a large number of which were also vocal critics of Israel and had strong views about the matter. 
They believed that the US and the UK should have harsher measures towards Israel, in particular due to its policies towards the Palestinians and how they have built settlements in the occupied territories. This put more spotlight onto what activists and elected representatives were saying about Israel and Jewish people on social media, as well as comments they may have made in the past. There were many high-profile suspensions due to alleged anti-Semitic comments, along with allegations that Corbyn failed to take the issue seriously. It caused a rift within the party, leading to a few high-profile MPs to resign their seats. So how much did you... How much were you aware of this at the time? Obviously, it was from sort of 2015 onwards, so over the last five or six years. How much have you been aware of the situation within the Labour Party? Um, well, if it was like 2015 onwards, I was probably about 14 and 14, 15. And I didn't really like, you know, I wasn't really aware of things like this at that age. Um, again, like considering like my kind of surroundings, to kind of even be doing this podcast I had to kind of like separate myself away from that and educate myself and I'd say that's probably something that's you know happened over the last three-ish years um so really the basis that I knew was that there was some sort of anti-Semitism going on in the Labour Party that was causing some problems and that is literally what I knew I didn't know the you know, the, the ins and outs of it. I didn't even, I couldn't even give you an example of what happened. I just knew the bare minimum of anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. If I'm going to be honest, it kind of confused me. I was like, you know, how is that? It, again, like, I guess we are more exposed to, in the media, generally, I guess we know a bit more about kind of like, and not anti-Semitism, I was going to say anti-Semitism to Muslims, which does not make sense, but kind of hate crimes towards Muslims. I guess that's something that, you know, I guess we'd be a little bit more knowledgeable on because of obviously the rise of extremist groups, um, Islamic extremist groups. I feel like if you were to kind of get someone off the street, I feel like they'd know a little bit more about that um, than mm-hmm. anti-Semitism. Because like I said, anti-Semitism to me just... It doesn't make sense and again that might be naive I'm just like why you know um so for me I was kind of like you know I, I didn't understand how it could happen because I just don't understand the concept of anti-semitism anyway so it, it did kind of confuse me on how how this happened in the Labour Party. Mm-hmm. I think there's this crossover isn't there between religion and politics and it's not a crossover that I was particularly aware of until maybe the last two or three years like even in 2015 yeah. like I was 15 I was probably fairly aware of what's going on in the world and on the news and in politics but I really wasn't too aware I think I think I had a lot more a lot more to do to be able to be like fully knowledgeable and aware of what was going on um in you know politics in the UK and everything like that so I think it's only the last couple of years with regards to the Labour Party and Jeremy Corbyn that I've actually become aware of the the issue but then it, even again like I probably know just like surface level information I don't know any details I don't know who the MPs were I don't know the specific issues that, are, that arose um so that would be me needing to do more more research into this but I would definitely was aware of like the issue in itself um I think it was quite quite talked about a lot on social media and definitely was was on you know on the news and I watched BBC News you know, I try and look at BBC News most days just to be aware of what's going on in the world. And I definitely do remember seeing, um, you know, anti-Semitism in the Labour Party, um, you know, be on the news and be talked about. 
Um, but I would say my knowledge is still surface level and there's a not, like, like I said, a lot more for, for me to, to know. Um, what does it make you think? What does it make you think of, of it all? What does it, what does it make you think of politics in the UK? What does it make you think about the Labour Party in general? Yeah, I guess it just, um, you know, it proves what I was saying before that the Israeli-Palestinian situation is very, as I said, delicate. And as you said, you know, I didn't realise just how religions and politics cross over because, mm-hmm. um, as is clear from, you know, that situation, um, it's, you know, it, it really it really does um and it's just not something that you would think of like here in the UK I guess you know kind of this sort of thing happening with like I don't know Christianity for example you just would never think of it you would never think of kind of Christianity being brought into politics do you -hmm. you understand what I mean with that I don't know if I'm making sense no I understand I understand I think it's a it's a, a crossover in which like I said, I, I really wasn't aware of the extent to which religion crosses over with politics. And I think this situation we've just talked about within the Labour Party is the, the first example I've really thought of in terms of, oh, like, there is really a crossover. And I'm sure there are crossovers in politics all around the world. But I think in the UK, I wasn't aware of that crossover until, you know, the last couple of years, like I said, in terms of knowing a little bit more about anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. Um, so, yeah, sorry, you carry on. Yeah, as I said, I just, I really, you know, wasn't aware of that and it's just not something that you would think of but I I feel like maybe it's not so much um kind of I was going to say in Europe I don't think I'm right in saying that but like kind of like you know the UK kind of like um you know countries that may be similar to our culture where I don't think religion plays so much of of a role I don't think we'd expect it kind of like countries like um, the Middle East, countries like Israel, which obviously has a long, long history with religion. I feel like it's quite easy there for religion to kind of play play a role in politics because mm-hmm. religion plays a, a much bigger role in everyday life. And I think then it's when the, um, you know, it's, it's when the, the governments like the UK and bigger governments like the US, more influential ones, Obviously, then, you know, we've seen them getting involved um, with the the situation in uh, Israel and Palestine. Then, obviously, that is when we see the crossover between, you know, politics and religion. But I think, here, you know, in the UK, where religion doesn't play so much as a role, it is weird for us to think of religion kind of playing into politics. Thinking about the other episodes that we've done and the other series that we've done, this is something that we've seen with India as well. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. where you know religion plays a kind of big role in politics I think it's kind of um, a difference in culture that we're experiencing there because as I said we just wouldn't wouldn't think of it but thinking of it we do have a look at a Catholic party I think here in the UK I'm not too sure I'm I'm, I'm not, not too sure. sure I think I might have heard of it um, but again it's it's not a big party is definitely if it does exist <laughs> it's not um on the same level as you know conservatives labor for example mm-hmm. um yeah. it, it, religion just doesn't play the same role here in the uk as it does in in israel 
oh, on India. So it, mm-hmm. it, it is, um, you know, weird for us to think in a way, like as you said, you weren't aware of it. Again, I think the time where it does is where we get involved with problems in other countries. And that that is what we've seen here with the Labour Party, with Jeremy Corbyn, you know, um, advocating what he feels is right for another country. And then for us, then we start to get religion playing into into politics. But to think of it happening in our own country is really not something that you'd ever think of, as I said, just because religion isn't on the same level here in the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, like, summing up what we've just talked about, you know, our discussing anti-Semitism in the US and here in the UK in terms of the Labour Party, going back to the Israeli-Palestinian tensions, do you think then that's had, like, an overwhelming impact on anti-Semitism in recent times? Yeah, I mean, I never... <laughs> I was never aware that it played a role in um, the whole Labour Party situation. I wasn't aware of that at all. I mean, I, I, it wasn't that I thought it was about something else. I just had never learned about it, never thought about it really. Um, to you know, I never learned about exactly what happened. But to be honest, I was surprised just because, for me, the first time that I had heard about this going on in in Israel was um the recent things happening, which again you know that's not to say that that's the same for everyone that's just for me that's just what I had read what I had learned about so I was surprised um to realize that it has um a longer history than what I was aware of but it's definitely a pattern there isn't it you know we've what we've seen with America what we've seen with the Labour Party it does play quite a big role and um again I think that just goes to the point that I made before that it's things can get inflamed easily um and then it's it's quite easy when something happens to throw in an anti-semitic remark um and kind of bring that into it or maybe it's just it's not needed well it's it's never needed but you know Mm. um and I think that's that's the problem we just something happens and we just you know well some people just take it as an opportunity say a few stupid things and yeah I th- I really do think that's the problem and it's, it's quite obvious here isn't it where we've got these really Palestinian tensions um you know uh, a rising anti-semitic hate crime around the world and again it's just people taking the opportunity and saying a few stupid things mm-hmm I think what would be really good, and then we can refer back to this question that we've we've just talked about, is talking about France, and then we can compare all, all three, the US, UK, and France. So what I'll do now is I'll go on to talk about um, anti-Semitism in, in France. So in 2017, almost 40% of violent acts deemed either racially or religiously motivated were committed against Jews, even though France's Jewish population makes up less than 1%. Police statistics show that anti-Semitic acts in France have risen by 74% in 2018 alone. While in 2016, a 20% rise was described as preoccupying by the interior minister, just two years later, Macron branded it the worst resurgence of anti-Semitism since World War II. The Prime Minister, Edouard Philippe, even made a comparison to Kristallnacht, the night of the broken glass, which saw the murder of at least 91 Jews, as well as 67% of synagogues and 85% of Jewish-owned businesses destroyed. 
it's clear that such statements would never be made lightly. A recent poll conducted by um, IFOP found that almost half of the uh, Gilets Jaunes supporters who took part in the poll believed in a worldwide Zionist plot. Such a worrying figure certainly doesn't sit well when we consider that the bottom, sorry, when we consider that the boom in anti-Semitic hate crimes came at the end of 2018, the same time as the emergence of the Gilets Jaunes movement in November of the same year. The Gilets Jaunes are not an anti-Semitic movement by nature, yet there does seem to be a lot of anti-Semitic messages tied to their protests, particularly by groups of the extreme right and the extreme left. Perhaps the most documented act of anti-Semitism committed by the Gilets Jaunes was faced by uh, French philosopher Alain Finkelkraut. I've definitely said that wrong, haven't I? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> so right way to say it anyway. I'll, so. I'll go from the start again. So perhaps the most documented act of anti-Semitism committed by the Gilets Jaunes was faced by French philosopher Alain Finkelkraut. The viral video showed insults such as, uh, in inverted commas, dirty Zionist and, in inverted commas, France's ours being hurled towards him. Fink Finkelkraut is a prominent member of France's Jewish community, member of the prestigious Académie Française and the French-born son of Polish immigrants who survived deportation from France to Auschwitz during the war. So in terms of uh, Gilets jaunes, do you think there is a danger that such widespread protests are attractive to opportunists who see it as a chance to spread damaging views? Um, just to kind of say, uh, Gilets jaunes means um, yellow vest in French for anyone who didn't know. Um, but... Yeah, um, I think I think that's something we we see not just with with anti-Semitism, but we see with a, a lot of things around the world where there can be something that's completely about something else, but then you're going to have people who see it as an opportunity then to broadcast their views, and. Um, obviously, I'm not an expert on the Yellow Vest movement. You know, I know just the basis from from kind of researching it and things like that. But um, yeah, definitely, I do think it's attractive to opportunists who see it again as this opportunity to spread their views, even if it's not um, by nature a movement that is anti-Semitic. Um, kind of through researching it, there is that pattern where people take it as an opportunity. Well, maybe it's not a, an opportunity. Some people might just, again, just throw in an anti-Semitic, you know, uh, slur. Um, you know, maybe they see someone who is not on their side and they say an anti-Semitic slur, carry out a hate crime. Um, again, I think the whole thing there is a lack of education of, really how far those those kind of you know maybe words go back um but again I think there's that thing of opportunist and just not really realizing what you're saying and just putting it in you know mm-hmm. I I wasn't aware that like the gilets jaunes was like the yellow vests I think you said um yeah. yeah I had seen a lot about that in the news but I hadn't really read about it too much I think it was over the last couple of years wasn't it I think I remember watching a a YouTuber in in Paris and there were these yellow vest vote like protests at the time and I remember watching it but I didn't know like what the protests were about or anything like that so it sort of just clicked to me that I was oh okay like I feel like I know a little bit more than I did when I was just reading that out there but again I really don't know um 
yeah, too much about yellow vests. It's all kind of it's just based on um, tax. I think it was a transport tax, I think, and Macron introduced it. And that's why they wore vests, because I think I think they have to wear those vests when they're out in France um, driving. I don't know if it's like motorbikes or something like that, but they wore those vests because it's kind of because it's to do with transport. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's about something completely, you know, completely different, but not, yeah, yeah, completely different anti-Semitism. But again, you know, it's 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 either just being hurled that in like anti-Semitic remarks hurled because, you know, kind of like it's it's a low shot to get to someone. You know, mm-hmm. people taking the opportunity, which is so clear when you look at the actual kind of origins of the thing, just just completely different. And would you say that the anti-Semitism stems from misinformation and stereotypes? Definitely. And, you know, I think it, it's sad that we're spending the majority of this episode where we're just giving, you know, a brief of um, introduction to Judaism, talking about anti-Semitism, because there's so much to the religion than anti-Semitism, of course. And, you know, when we do the quiz, you know, we're we'll see that we'll see more about the religion but you know definitely you know how can hate crimes arise from Judaism without there being misconceptions or stereotypes because Mm -hmm. then if it wasn't due to that then the the clear answer would be that well there's something wrong with Judaism and well that's obviously not it you know there's there's no one thing within Judaism that causes anti-Semitism or justifies anti-Semitism. So, of course, the only thing is going to be misconceptions, stereotypes. Um, and I guess this is something we'll talk about in the, the episode on the origins of anti-Semitism. But, you know, it's, it's something to say in brief, um, really, that dates back centuries and... I guess with things like that, you know, again, when it's something that's been in our society for for so long, I think then you've got to think, is it something that we just do unconsciously? You know, we looked at before um, in like our first episode about, you know, how the media works and how that's ingrained in us and how it's biological, you know. And I think when it's things that are so deep rooted in our history, you've got to think, has it become that again? You know, has it? Is this what it's like with with anti-Semitism now? Is it? Is it something that's kind of deep rooted in us because it's gone through so many generations? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when you mentioned generally like a generational thing, I think generational. Well, generations have have a big role to play in terms of, you know, the education of young people nowadays is influenced by their parents grandparents were the grand were the grandparents influenced by their grandparents like it, of course yeah like you're influenced by like I said earlier your environment your family like definitely misinformation and stereotypes can stem from like generational just differences and generational opinions and stereotypes that have lasted for you know for decades through you know yeah three generations so I think definitely anti-semitism anti-semitism stems from you know misinformation and stereotypes and this is what this whole podcast is about isn't it is about breaking down the stereotypes talking about the misinformation going going over the misconceptions and and having a discussion but I think it's clear that anti-semitism 
does stem from misinformation and it does stem from stereotypes and we need to educate ourselves and hopefully for anyone listening this podcast has been that one step closer to educating you know fully about this topic and everything that's going on you know in the modern day world in terms of what's in the media and what we see on social media but also the reality for the Jewish people is they are faced with anti-semitism and something needs to be done and I think more needs to be done and I think through this episode I'm sure we can both say we've realized the extent to which anti-semitism is present in our society but not only our society in France the US you know all over the world um so I think yeah there's a there's a lot more to learn but I think over the next couple of episodes we'll we'll go through that but I think today it's definitely been for me I've broken down that surface layer of knowledge I had and I've sort of we've sort of delved a bit deeper haven't we in terms of more information um about it but sort of finishing up before we do the quiz how important do you think education on the Jewish faith is to tackling anti-semitism yeah I think that's so important obviously learning about the origins of anti-semitism and how far it goes back is so important as well um and I think that's that's really eye-opening to do that because there's always more to it than what you think I think when I think, and I think a lot of people, especially our generation, when we think of hate crimes carried out by, uh, not by Jews, sorry, to Jews, um, you know, we think of Hitler, World War II, obviously, is the, you know, the big example, but it goes so much further than that. Um, And the thing is, is that obviously learning about anti-Semitism is just one anti-Semitism is just one awful part of the Jewish faith but there's so much to it than that and I think that honestly through learning about the Jewish faith is you know it's it's so valuable and I think it's it's so important because again you start to see that it sounds awful to say but this other side of the religion and there shouldn't have to be another side like anti-semitism shouldn't be the side that we know about it should mm-hmm. be the jewish faith is the side that we know about and then anti-semitism yeah. is, is the other side it's not very nice side but we should all know about judaism first mm-hmm. as i said you know we could talk about anti-semitism all day and we could learn laws through that but would we really be giving the religion justice i think like you say it's so important that we learn about judaism through its origins, its its amazing parts, its its festivals, its 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 role in you know everyday life and how people follow it and people's journey through following Judaism. It'd be amazing if we could talk just about that, but it's it's not the reality, is it? I think it's really sad, like like you said today, that we've had to talk about anti-Semitism for most of the episode. And I know we'll we'll go into other parts of Judaism, but I think to give that education to people about Judaism, we couldn't not talk about anti-Semitism because it, it is real and it's um, a reality for a Jewish person, um, you know, in, in 2021 to, you know, to, for their religion to be on the receiving end of discrimination and, and anti-Semitism. So I think imp- education is incredibly important to tackling anti-Semitism. I think it's probably the, the root of tackling it is the education. But I think it also like, I just think we have a responsibility as like, as a society to, like I said earlier, like call it out. Like if you see someone who is discriminating someone based on their religion, like you need to say something because if people don't say something, then the person will just keep doing it. 
you know so it, I think we have a responsibility to be aware in everyday life and society about what people are saying I think we have a responsibility to educate ourselves I think we have a responsibility to within our environments within our family networks and friends to have conversations like we are now about religion and about anti-semitism so that we're all aware of what it is um, and the impact it has in society. So I think there's a few factors that sort of need to be done to tackle anti-Semitism, but I think education is at like the root of it in terms of how we can tackle it. Um, but yeah, should we move on to the quiz to end today's episode? Yeah, so obviously um, I think I'm right in saying you don't really know that much about Judaism. No, I don't. So this is, it's like, you know, um, we're going to be, you're going to be learning more properly than you're getting right, really. Um, so it's, it'd be interesting to see how much you do. Maybe you know more than you think. Um, yeah, so let's have a look. So the first question is, how many mitzvots are there? So mitzvots are the Hebrew words for commandments. Mm-hmm. So obviously you'd be aware of the commandments in Christianity. These are, um, Judaism has the Ten Commandments, but they have more on top of that and they are called mitzvot. So the options are 412, 26 and 613. My initial instinct was 412, but then I was thinking, is it 26? Because you said like the 10 commandments and I was thinking, oh, okay, like there's more, but there surely can't be another 402 more than the 10 commandments. So I was thinking maybe 26, but my initial gut instinct was to say 412. So I'll stick with that. There are actually 613. Oh, wow. Yeah. So... The mitzvahs were first recorded, they date back to the third century CE and um, like, you know, many things they are found in the Torah. So they include what would be known as positive commandments. And these are actions that, you know, you really should carry out, um, you know, for the benefit of ourselves and and for other people as well. But then you also have what they know as negative commandments. And these are you know obviously actions that you know we shouldn't carry out um because they're bad for ourselves and they're bad for other people the number of negative commandments is 365 um and this interestingly coincides with the number of days in the solar year i'm not too sure if that's um you know that's done on purpose but when googling it that was something that came up so it would be, be interesting if it is done on purpose um but the co- the positive commandments there are 248 of these um and this is a number attributed to the number of bones and main organs in the human body so i think that is it is done on purpose which is is really interesting why they would do that i'm yeah i'm really blown away really that there are 613 like i said i was considering saying 26 i would have been way off um but yeah, really interesting. They're broken down into those sort of different categories as well. Um, so yeah, learn something new today. Yeah, I find it kind of really, really bizarre that like this 365 is obviously um, symbolic of the days of the year and like the 248 of the, the bones and main organs. I think that's just like, it's so interesting. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, 
maybe we can we can discuss this in a later episode we can sort of delve a bit deeper into the yeah that'd be interesting okay so the next question is um so the statement is judaism is the world's oldest monotheistic religion is this true or false um i'm going to say false um it's it's actually true so it's traditionally thought to be one of if not the only uh sorry the oldest monotheistic religion in the world as we said at the start it dates back um around 4000 years but it is generally believed that the earliest israelites um who moved around the pre-7th century bce um were polytheistic so this means that you know they worshipped more than one god um and it's then thought that they evolved to be henotheistic so they um, they followed one particular god, but they didn't deny the existence of other gods. It then developed into being uh, monoatristic, I think I said that right, which is believing in the existence of many different gods, but worshipping just one. And then after that, it's thought that Judaism became a monotheistic religion. And I wasn't aware of that. Um, you know, it's it's really interesting to see the development of the religion in that sense but yeah as I said I think I said this at the start I kind of got always get confused between Judaism and Christianity and I think it's because of the role of Jesus in it um it's it because of that and I guess our kind of um education being really strongly based on Christianity it's kind of weird to think of Judaism being older than it mm-hmm yeah, I mean, like I got it wrong, didn't I? So I, I didn't know. But again, really interesting. Gives some sort of context, doesn't it, to like the origins of Judaism. Um, and yeah, being the world's oldest mono- monotheistic religion. Yeah, that's really, really, really interesting. Okay, so how many original Torahs exist today? Um, so the options are 61, 6 or none? um i'm gonna go with six the actual answer is none um so the oldest torah scroll dates back to the around 1800 years ago it was found at a university in bologna um but old and damaged torahs they have to be buried or stored in a closet a closed room in a synagogue so there are actually no um original versions of the Torah existing today because they're they're either all damaged and they've had to be buried. Interesting, really interesting. I mean, I didn't even know what a a Torah was, I think, to be honest. I think I sort of kind of knew, but um, yeah, really interesting. I know I keep saying it's interesting, but I'm I'm getting them all wrong. So I'm I'm learning something which is, you know, important. Yeah. So I guess um, you learn more about what the Torah is right now So in this question. So what is the Hebrew name of the Jewish Bible? So you probably haven't heard of most of these. It's the Tanakh, the Torah, or the Talmud? Um, wait, so is it the Torah? Because we've just, no, it's not a trick question, is it? I don't know if you think is it, it is. We'll go with the. My initial instinct was to say either Torah or Tanakh. I don't think it's Talmud. We'll go with the Tanakh. 
well yeah you're actually right there um and this is something that confuses me because you think of the Jewish Bible the one that most of us know of is the Torah um and I think that's when a lot of people get confused and I, I get a bit confused with that. There's so many different words. Um, you probably get confused with my explanation. But the Jewish Bible in is known in Hebrew as the Tanakh. Um, it's an acronym of three different sets of books um, that it's made up of. So you have the, the, um, the Torah, you then have um, the Nevin, which is about the prophets, and then you have the Ketavim, which is um, known as the writings. And the Tanakh is um, made up of 24 different books, and they are all found um, in a different order in the Old Testament of the Christian Bible. Um, so the Christian Bible does actually make up part of um, the holy books in Judaism. Um, and then also the Tanakh has... Um, three sections so um, the Torah includes the five books of Moses and they are the most important section as it contains the ten commandments as well as many other religious principles and rules um, and it, it tip again um, the Torah typically refers to the first um, five books of the 24 um, books of the Tanakh so I guess the Torah again is the one that we mainly hear of so it is I'm surprised by the fact that it's only like it's it only makes up five books mm-hmm. of the of the Tanakh because I guess it's I wonder why it is the thing that we hear of the most when it's I guess it's because it's the most important but you think that we would hear of what what would be the the Jewish Bible right Mm-hmm. I think it's I, get, I mean so much <laughs> to sort of take I, know. In. I I think it's the words I think it's the Hebrew words mm-hmm. because we're just we're not used to them and I yeah. think it's it's really overwhelming when I when I'm saying all these Hebrew words and you don't know what they mean <laughs> again though it's you know knowing the Hebrew words is it very it's a very important part of Judaism isn't it so it's yeah. important to discuss that as well yeah and, you know, I, I feel sometimes when we're saying these words that, you know, like, you know, the, the surnames that are difficult for us to pronounce, I feel like we're being naive, but of course we can't speak every language in the world. Yeah, exactly. But I guess even just knowing a few words, for example, in like in Hebrew, in Hebrew is, you know, important when we're discussing Judaism. So, um, yeah, maybe difficult to know or like not know what they mean, but I think it's really important, isn't it, when discussing Judaism. Yeah, so moving on to the last question, um, can you name the top three countries that have the highest Jewish population in the world? Um, Israel, definitely. Um, and I don't know the other two, so I'm just going to go with UK and US. We got two of those right. Israel is the one with the most. They have... Um, Six million seven hundred thirty-eight thousand five hundred um, uh, Jews, which I guess is not surprising, and it makes up seventy-four point eight percent of that population. The second one is the US, and they have five million seven seven hundred thousand, which makes up one point seven five percent of their population. And the third is actually France, where they make up significantly less. Um, it's uh, four hundred and fifty-three thousand which is 0.7 percent of the population and I was surprised with France 
Um, Because I think I've read that because of anti-Semitic hate crimes in France, a lot of Jews actually left the country. I think they did go to Israel. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm not quite sure when, um, exactly when those figures were taken, if it it was around that time or if it's more recent. I think it might be more recent. But it'd be interesting to see what it was like um, kind of before, um, you know, they moved because of that. Obviously, I think I think you had one right. I think he did. What overall in the quiz or in that last question? Um, oh yeah, taking into account the last question, I would say you had three right. We count the if you count if you count the two, you count the Israel and the US separately. Yeah, of course, not bad, but could do better. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Like it's it. I wouldn't say it is difficult when you're learning, um, you know, a religion about a religion that, you know, it's it's not a religion that we're exposed to in everyday life, is it? And I guess it lets you go out of your way to to educate yourself on it, hearing all of these, you know, different terminologies. It, it is overwhelming when someone's just saying all of this to you. Um, but you know, I guess the most important aspect of um Judaism that we're going to be talking about and dealing with it is really with the purpose of you know um helping with uh, help doing our part really of helping with anti-semitism really isn't it and mm-hmm. I'm sure we're going to learn a lot about that and you know more about the religion and obviously we're still looking at countries through this we spoke about different countries today and I'm sure we're going to be speaking a lot about um you know Israel and learning a lot about is and their role as well in um, the Jewish faith and you know as I said we're going to be talking about what's going on between Israel and Palestine which is going to be interesting and we are going to be looking at certain aspects of the Jewish faith as well to you know obviously give context um, to the faith Um, it's not going to be as complicated as me saying about all of those Jewish books (laughs) so don't worry about that Um, but yeah, it, it is going to be, I'm really um, looking forward to talking about the origins of anti-Semitism. I think, you know, like like we've both said, I feel like I, I don't know too much about Judaism and it, it's clearly shown through the quiz at the end. So I'm just really looking forward to educating myself more. I know I say this all the time, but I, it's always true. Educating myself more, learning more about Judaism and um, also educating everyone listening as well. And we'll, we'll delve deeper, like you said, in terms of the origins and looking at places like Israel and, you know, um, yeah, there's so much more we can talk about. So it's going to be a really interesting sort of mini series again on, on Judaism. Obviously we're changing it up a little bit. We're not doing a, a country, we're doing a religion, which I think is really interesting. And I, I'm really excited about changing it up a little bit. Um, so yeah, thank you everyone for listening. We've, we've been talking for, for a long time because this is really important. You know, there's so much to it. And this is like the introduction almost to, what we'll be doing over the next you know couple of episodes or so however many it may be um so as ever follow us on instagram we'll be updating uh, every couple of days with new posts and everything and um we'll see you all next week